This is One North Stories. Our goal here is quite simple. We provide hyper-local, brand-based storytelling at the intersection of science, technology, and business here in Singapore with a global perspective. We are starting with a launch series focused on technology startups and then plan to take the podcast broader, telling our stories, your stories, about the Singapore deep tech ecosystem. Whether you work as a venture capitalist on Sand Hill Road or in Southeast Asia, already doing R&D in Singapore, or perhaps a student dreaming big about technology, or someone in between. Join us to learn about the exciting technology being developed in our labs in Singapore, their translation journeys to market, and the inspirational people coming together to make yesterday's dream reality. If you have future episode ideas, segment ideas, or want to partner with us on this exciting journey, please get in touch. Our contact details are in the show notes. These are our stories. We hope they inspire you to create your own. And now, on to the show. The idea was to solve the world's musculoskeletal health and disorders, which is where about 25% of the global population or close to 2 billion people are living with a musculoskeletal disorder every year. So for me, it's not just about building a business. It's about solving the problems of those 2 billion people across the world. So for our first product offering, we are looking at patients who live with knee osteoarthritis. Knee osteoarthritis is a problem that currently about slightly more than 300 million people live with globally. It's a degenerative joint disease which causes insufferable pain and loss of mobility in older adults. Uh, so people have issues walking, climbing stairs and other kinds of activities. The only solution for this is a surgical procedure called as total knee replacement surgery. So our device, our product, first product, which is a recovery management solution, helps those people to recover comfortably from the comfort of home so they don't need to go to visit hospitals so many times and also reduces risk of complications like wound issues. Over the years, you know, it became like a full stack solution wherein starting with the device, the software, the patient's mobile application, the clinician's mobile application and the dashboard, we developed an end-to-end -end solution for this product. Kinexis, the idea is to become a global company from Singapore and we are constantly on a mission to benefit people across the region as well as globally. So we are getting closer to that mission. Today, we have Abhishek on the show to share about Kinexis. I first met Abhishek at Switch, the Singapore Week of Innovation and Technology. The Singapore-based startup was here pitching at Slingshot 2023. They made it to the finals in the health and biomedical category and came in third place overall. Founded in 2017, the startup is developing wearable, analytics, and AI-driven technology to help people with their musculoskeletal health. Their first product is a wearable device, evolved into a full-stack solution to track recovery from knee surgery. It reduces follow-up visits and provides a platform for early detection of possible post-operation complications. They have just released an AI-driven platform to assess muscular skeletal health. I can imagine this as a regular assessment tool, part of a health screening, enabling the long-term tracking and thus as part of a preventative care program. According to the WHO, approximately 1.71 billion people have a musculoskeletal condition. Practically, this is something we should all be taking care of as we age. Enjoy the interview. Hello and welcome to One North Stories. 
Today we are here with Abhishek, co-founder and CEO of Connexus. And we met late last year at Switch um, 2023 during the Slingsock competition, where you got third in, in, the, in the pitching competition. Congratulations again. And today we're here to hear a little bit more in depth about you, your background, and what's going on at Connexus. Welcome to One of Our Stories. Yep. Hi, I'm Abhishek from Kinexus. You know, I, I basically uh, have an undergrad degree in engineering and specific focus in biomedical engineering. Well, a little bit about, you know, how I got into Kinexus is a bit of my own personal story. Having seen my own father live with a spine problem for the last 25 years of my life. And as I was earlier mentioning, my undergrad degree in biomedical engineering with a focus in biomedical engineering, wherein I did my research in implantable medical devices, specifically into devices that are used for epileptic seizure detection. And uh, yeah, that's basically what got me into, you know, trying to combine my professional skill sets with my personal experience and create value for the society. So that was the foundation of me starting to uh, work in this area. And, you know, after working for five years in the industry, I thought that I could do more with my time and my life. And, you know, so that's basically when I decided that you know, I need to start building a, a global business. And the idea was to solve the world's musculoskeletal health and disorders, which is where about 25% of the global population or close to 2 billion people are living with a, you know, musculoskeletal disorder every year. And it's a fairly large market and fairly large number of people who live with this problem. So for me, it's a not just about building a business. It's about solving the problems of those 2 billion people across the world who live with a musculoskeletal condition every year. Yeah. Okay. So this is, you, you, so you're working in history, you, you have, you see your father with this condition and then you went and just did some market research to really find the scope of yeah. the, of, of an insertion point. Yeah. My father is actually, you know, a very small part. The word problem that he's experiencing is a small part of the, the mus whole musculoskeletal health industry, which is fairly large. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I understand. I mean, you went through the entrepreneurship first um, experience here in Singapore, right? Yes. So when you went into that, um, did you know what you wanted to do? So I was at that point when I entered the Entrepreneur First program, I was already, you know, working on this idea for some time. Okay. So it was, I went into this idea, I went with the team, I went with the company and, you know, I wanted to basically get more hard skills on building a business plan, you know, building relationships with investors, fundraising, all of these aspects. So that was the primary motivation of getting into entrepreneur first, besides also, you know, finding a strong technical team member. Okay. Okay. So really like a crash course on startups. Pretty much. Or, for, yeah. Pretty much. Did, did you have any like say, business experience prior to that? So I do have a degree in business, uh, okay. a master's in biz business, but uh, I did not have like a full-time business experience prior to that. So can you introduce Connexus a, a little bit more, right? When we go online and look, it's an AI-driven digital therapy platform and wearables company. Right. So that, that, that could be many different things. And, and you shared a little bit about the genesis of this. But yeah, can you share what, what are you guys driving at with, with your first product offerings? What are we driving at with our first product offering? So with our first product offering, we are looking at patients who live with knee osteoarthritis. So arthritis, knee osteoarthritis is a problem that currently about slightly more than 300 million people live with globally. 
It's a degenerative joint disease which causes insufferable pain and loss of mobility in older adults. So people have issues walking, climbing stairs and other kinds of activities. And the only solution for this is a surgical procedure called as total knee replacement surgery. So our device, our product, first product, which is a recovery management solution, helps those people to recover comfortably from the comfort of home. So they don't need to go to visit hospital so many times and also reduces risk of complications like wound issues. So could, could you talk a little bit like what is your recovery management solution doing? I, I know there, there's a measurement and then I assume a, a back-end platform. Right. So uh, there is a measurement, there is a back-end platform. So, so the, the solution comprises of three components. There's a mobile application, there is a medical device, as well as there is a dashboard. And uh, the medical device is typically worn by a patient uh, about roughly starts wearing it two weeks prior to the surgery and uh, wears it up until about six to eight weeks after the surgery. So the total time window is on an average eight weeks for a patient. Then there is the patient's mobile application and the clinician's mobile application. Uh, together, they form component of the product that the stakeholders interact with the most. Patient uses it on a daily basis to check their range of motion, activities of daily living, like number of steps taken or number of stairs climbed, their pain, their wound, submit their wound images so that, you know, doctors can look at those wound images and ensure that they're not developing or not at a risk of developing any wound-related complications and also do gamified exercises to ensure that the recovery is optimal, you know, from the comfort of home. Okay, great. So this is like a, a wholly owned, wholly built platform by Connexus. Can, can you talk like, what is it, your, let's say, your core technology that you started developing and building around and then what you also brought in to, to make the whole platform work. Yeah. So yes, this is the core technology, you know, like basically is based on a flexible sensor that is able to collect data continuously while the patient is wearing the device. And the data that is collected continuously is basically um, processed and stored in a cloud-based database that is then, uh, you know, we use that data to provide insights, clinical insights, such as whether the patient's range of motion is improving, whether the patient is walking properly, for example, some patients after surgery walk with bent knees or it's called as a fixed flexion deformity. And this is a clinical condition which, you know, exposes, if patients have this condition, basically, if they're not walking properly, then they may be at a risk of, you know, developing a fall or an injury. And so how can we pre prevent that? So all of these rich insights, which provide value to the to the provider in terms of how well the patient is doing, how well the patient is recovering is what is provided by the platform. Okay, and then how does, let's say, the medical team use the platform to, to monitor the patient? Right, the medical team uses the platform to monitor the patients, you know, in terms of they have a dashboard. So the data flows in and there is the AI algorithms that basically run on the data set. And the AI algorithm basically, you know, pick out any abnormalities or trends that needs attention of a medical professional. Like, for example, we have a wound AI that we are developing that basically processes wound images and figures out like, you know, which patients' wounds are at the highest risk of developing a complication. And in that case, they will flag out those particular patients in the dashboard and the provider will receive a notification like hospital nursing staff or doctor will receive a notification and they can further provide intervention to those patients so that they can recover. Okay, great. So it's kind of like potential flagging things for early intervention for, for better recovery. That's correct. 
Okay. So you talked a little bit about the flexible sensor. Is that where everything started? I, I want to understand kind of the, from, from the hardware, how, how did you get your start in, in developing this platform? Yeah, so it started with us identifying the technology that we're going to be using to develop the platform. We didn't really start with the idea of developing a platform. We just wanted to develop uh, a tool to help patients, basically. And then, of course, you know, as we worked more and more with the providers, with the hospitals, with the doctors, with the physiotherapists and with the nursing staff, we realized that, oh, this actually needs a component that uh, needs to be used by the hospital staff so that they can take the full benefit of the system. Hence, you know, over the years, you know, it became like a full stack solution, wherein starting with the device, the software, the patient's mobile application, the clinician's mobile application and the dashboard, we developed an end-to-end -end solution for this product. Okay, great. So you have this end-to-end -end solution. It's deployed. Who do you sell it to? Are you selling it to doctors, to health networks, who then you essentially like rent it to the patient for these eight, eight weeks or is it? insurance companies paying for this? Right. So we sell this uh, to basically right now three different types of clients. The first product or the flagship product is sold to hospitals, sold to also medical device companies. You know, we've got a lot of implant companies that have become our customers. And thirdly, we have also sold it directly to patients, wherein patients have reached out to us asking whether they can buy this product. And, and then basically we have sold it to them. Okay. Great. And then are you kind of selling that under your brand name and then you provide the, all the customer support, technical support? Yeah. So we are selling this under our brand name. Yes. And this is a Kinexis branded product. That, and the services that we are providing after the patient gets the device is also provided by us. Okay. So then you have like a customer support team and all that built out also? Right. We have a customer success team. And we are customer success team right now in three countries and we are developing it more. We're developing our customer success capabilities in, you know, in more geography so that we can serve a larger number of patients. Okay. Are you able to share what countries are you deployed in? Right now we are deployed in seven countries. The seven countries being US, Greece, you know, Spain, Singapore, of course, Hong Kong, India, and Thailand. And Malaysia is coming up soon as well. Okay, great. Are, are you manufacturing your devices here in Singapore or ultimately it's contract manufacturing, best place you can get a deal across the world? So our manufacturing and supply chain is split across, again, multiple geographies. So some of the core sensing components, they come from a different place and then other manufacturing happen. The contract manufacturing happens at a different place. Yeah. So we, we, we've talked about this first device for the knee replacement surgery and, and recovery. Can you share a little bit? Do you have a pipeline beyond that that you can talk us through? Yeah, we are building a portfolio of digital products. In fact, just as, as late as last week, we have our digital product, Kimia Assess, that was launched by Panta Integrated Rehab in Malaysia, IHH Healthcare in Malaysia. They are looking at systematically launching it more than 15 hospitals across Malaysia and all of their hospitals, in fact. And this is a product that we've been developing for the last two years. And it's a digital musculoskeletal health assessment system and this is the primary goal of this system to be able to assess the musculoskeletal health of patients and be able to provide very visual and graphic report that patients can simply understand and the providers can provide them clarity regarding the treatment effectiveness and also it serves as a medical legal evidence of 
for the providers to ensure that you know basically patient whatever patients are experiencing in terms of benefits from their treatment is well documented and also there are you know no false claims basically against the treatment that that they are providing the other important aspect of this is branding and marketing value because this is a digital report that's immediately generated and mailed to all the patients after the treatment has happened then we basically able to uh, you know co-brand it with the clinic's logo we are also able to do some goal setting and motivate the patients to achieve those goals and hence maintain a continuity and reduce the dropout rate when it comes to treatment of those patients by the clinical stakeholders it's a digital product for musculoskeletal health so is this like taking images of the patients videos of the patients or is there kind of like a, a wearable sensor component as well yeah this is purely digital so there's no wearable sensor component that is included in the solution okay are you able to share like how, how does it actually work then is it just like watching the patient walk yeah so this is again based on computer vision and artificial intelligence technology which means that you need to have like a phone camera or a laptop camera you know that will be needed to use this system so the software runs on the web and also on a mobile app and basically a patient would typically if for assessment you know use this technology to get their assessment done and then thereafter basically you know the report is generated once the assessment has been conducted a patient has to stand in front of either a laptop or a phone to also do their treatment exercises once the treatment is prescribed by the doctor or the physiotherapist they are visiting okay so is this kind of again it's like a rehab tool or is it something that that someone would use kind of like at different intervals throughout their entire adult life uh it is not a rehab tool only i would say it's like a comprehensive recovery solution so it's like think about it you know when you are 40 years old when you are 50 years old when you are 60 years old you know your musculoskeletal health is different so it's more like a map of you know your progression in terms of your musculoskeletal health just like you would take like you know your annual health screen you'll go for your annual health screening and your blood would be drawn and a detailed profile will be generated in terms of your cholesterol value your glucose value and so on and so forth cancer biomarkers so this is basically um, you know for your musculoskeletal health so means your gait your posture your balance your functional ability you know your range of motion all of these are documented in the assessment report Okay, super cool. So, I mean, in, in Singapore, we know, I mean, many people go for annual health checkups or, okay, if you're a bit younger, maybe every two, five years. So, this would be like another offering inside of one of those packages? Absolutely. Okay, okay, great, fantastic. Anything else that you guys are working on that, that you can talk about in terms of product or tech development? Yeah, we have some very exciting, you know, new clients that we are onboarding. So, internationally. so that's another exciting area where we could sort of talk about and we could work on and uh, yeah with that we hope that uh, you know kinexis the idea is to become a global company from singapore and we are constantly on a mission to benefit people across the region as well as globally so we are getting closer to that mission and you know we will definitely keep working towards that goal and some exciting the you know recent developments includes uh, like like earlier mentioned the you know IHH adopting the product on a large scale and we have a couple of other clients large clients who are also on the verge of executing this so signing contracts onboarding new clients internationally these are some of the exciting things that are happening off late in Kinexis okay great fantastic can you share like 
this is a lot. This, this is actually a lot more than what you talked about at Slingshot and Switch. How big is Connexus right now? Right. So we are uh, currently, we currently staffed in, in, in four countries. Again, the four countries being China, Singapore, India, and uh, Malaysia. And we are basically looking at expanding our base further and, uh, you know, growing uh, and building an international team. Okay, great. When you look at, let's say, you know, your technology development, especially, there's some, you know, baseline capabilities that you need in-house, but do you, I'll say, contract or outsource a lot of work to develop these products, or do you really try to do all the development in-house? So we basically try to develop as much as possible in-house. Certain obvious skill sets that we will never develop, like contract manufacturing, for example, because we are not into the business of manufacturing our own devices uh, you know we we have a contract manufacturer that does for us other than that like it's we've experienced and learned it through through like trial and error and you can say that the more things you have under your control the better it is for the company and for the long-term success of the business you talked a little bit right i mean you want to be a global company you i mean you already are a global company but you know really expand your, your global footprint of your your product offerings what type of partners do you do you need when you when you expand in new markets? I assume you know you need some ground operations or you know people to really plug into the local ecosystem because at the end of the day, it's healthcare professionals in those markets who need to use your product and then you know leverage them to to get it proliferated. Yeah, so we do need and rely heavily on personal networks of doctors that we work with, and you know they always refer us to high-value clients in other geographies and regionally as well. Okay, great. I want to take a, a half step back, talk a little bit about the, the Slingshot 2023 competition. How, how did you get plugged into that? Oh, yeah. So we do apply for, you know, major startup opportunities and we saw Slingshot as one of that. And, you know, it's the top startup, global startup event that happens every year in Singapore. So as part of Slingshot last year, we thought that we would go for it and we would apply for it, you know, and fair enough, you know, we were considered as one of the top startups that participated. So it was, it was quite a, a delightful sort of journey participating and learning about other companies that have also participated and going through the entire program. Okay. Is, is there anything ongoing from the program or is really that week and a half truncated? Right. So basically, is there anything that is ongoing from the program? Yes. There are a number of things that we are currently working on in terms of, you know, the VCs that we met. So, you know, we had a lot of conversations that, you know, during the slingshot period itself. So currently we are engaging the investors who got interested into us because of slingshot. And we are hoping that one of those investors will lead our current financing round. Okay. So you're actively fundraising right now? Yes. Are you able to share how much you're looking for? Yeah, we're looking for about 5 million US dollars. And this is primarily to help us expand in overseas market and, and expand our revenues. And we have an ambitious target in front of us with respect to our, our sales uh, targets and also, uh, you know, develop and launch the next generation of the Chemia Recover product. Okay, great. So just when you talk to an investor, they, they want to talk about your ambition and your ability to scale. When, when you get this $5 million, how do you use it to then execute to scale from where you are to 10x or maybe even 100x and beyond? Right. So we are going to, first of all, hire people, the right people, because people are the most important asset of any organization. And so we're going to invest in hiring those high value people who would then uh, take the business to the next level. 
Secondly, uh, we will look at expanding our production and inventory because right now we have more orders than we can fulfill. So that means there is demand in the market. This product clearly has a lot of pent-up demand in the market and, and we need to be able to meet that demand. And thirdly, basically, you know, we are looking at expanding our sales and marketing footprint in overseas markets. So these are the three areas where we're going to be investing once we close this new next round of financing. Okay, great, thanks. So hiring, getting your talent on board, production and inventory, and sales and marketing. Where do you put your R&D for future projects in that or, you know, in adjacent to that? Yeah, so the R&D uh, is extremely important part of what we do. And we have already started developing the next gen product for Kimia Recover, which is our flagship product. And the next gen product will have the ability to do haptic feedback, provide haptic feedback for superior clinical outcomes to the patients. So that's where we are headed. And we hope that we would be able to, you know, with the use of this feature, generate a lot of value in the market. Okay. For those in our audience who don't know, can you explain a little bit like what is the haptic feature going to do and then add value or add additional feature to, to the product? Right. So basic patient mobility, such as walking, sitting, standing, lying down, etc. And also flexing, extending their knee joint. So flexing and extending their knee joint is basically what doctors want the patient to do after surgery and do it at a high frequency so that the knee joint doesn't remain stiff and is able to regain the range of motion and function that is required. So the haptic feature a feedback is a feature that enables this to happen without any human intervention. That means patients who are 60, 65, 70 years old, typically when they go through surgeries, they do not remember very clearly about, you know, when do we, they have to sort of flex and extend their knee joint and how much and to what extent they have to flex and extend their knee joint to be able to bring about, you know, like a good clinical outcome. And so some of the patients, they suffer with what we call as joint stiffness and also low functional mobility. So that means that, you know, what was expected out of a patient after surgery, the extent to which a patient was expected to recover after surgery, actually the patient has not recovered that much. So the haptic feedback feature basically does that job of reminding the patient, not just reminding, but locally providing the feedback to the joint, which is supposed to move and not just again, you know, providing feedback on movement and feedback and reminders on movement, but also provide details of how much and how long they have to, you know, align the limb in a certain way. So this really helps the patients, you know, to understand that, okay, I've, you know, I'm able to do so much and I have to do so much. I have to keep doing it without needing any human intervention. And that's the most critical part. How can you, without the use of additional manpower resources, achieve a certain outcome or achieve even superior outcomes? And that is what the haptic feedback feature is able to introduce in the market. Okay. Have you started testing this or is this kind of uh, like a working prototype you have? Yeah, we've started early testing in humans and uh, uh, the results are quite positive. We are continuously working on improving this particular uh, version. Okay, great. Can you talk us through, like, I assume because it's a medical device, you have to be quite stringent in, in your testing and then before you can go to market. So, like, what does that path look like for you to, you know, from your current testing to then getting it, you know, into your product offering? Right. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a long and painful journey. First of all, of course, you have to build a product 
as per the medical regulations and regulatory requirements and technical specifications, usability specifications, which is quite hard to figure out at the beginning. And then, you know, you have to do tests and multiple rounds of such tests to generate clinical data, ensure that the product is accepted by the users. And with that data, you could then do, you know, regulatory clearance. But then again, your clinical trial output is one of the most important parameters. Means your clinical trial output should confirm or reaffirm that the device used in the trial is providing equal or better clinical outcomes so that it helps the patient and the healthcare system. Secondly, the health economics aspect, which is, you know, how much cost is being saved and, you know, whether that cost savings actually covers the cost of use of the intervention. This also has to come out very clearly. This helps the uh, reimbursement or the government agencies which are paying for the treatment of the patient to understand that if they instead fund the intervention instead of, you know, the regular traditional treatment, then they end up saving costs as well as saving probably manpower resources. So this is only possible through systematic clinical trials, which are quite expensive to conduct and take some time. So for example, every average clinical trial conducted professionally would take, including publication, anywhere between 18 to 24 months. Period of two years is needed for any, you know, any proper clinical trial to finish. And, and with that data set, hopefully the regulatory body approval and the reimbursement mechanism can be made available for the solution to be adopted on a mass scale. Okay, so you're doing these clinical trials here in Singapore or elsewhere? Yeah, we've started trials in Singapore. We also started trials in India. We are soon to start trials in Hong Kong. And then lastly, we'll, you know, look at the U.S. basically. Because U.S., in U.S., they require local data, U.S. data, to provide any kind of reimbursement or regulatory approvals. Okay, do you do these clinical trials, let's say, yourselves, or you contract out to a CRO? Yes. So we typically work with a CRO who provides services like protocol drafting and data analysis and test bedding setup and all of this kind of work, health economics analysis. And so, yes, we typically work with CROs to focus on this aspect. Okay, fantastic. So we've talked kind of about, you know, what you guys have done and let's say your immediate future in terms of pipeline. Let's say, where do you see the company, let's say, beyond this pipeline, the company and your technology in, let's say, three years and then 10 years from now? So three years from now, we should have, you know, in terms of the company, a very rich portfolio of digital products and the physical, the hardware product, the device product, we should be able to also release the next version after doing the trials and also, you know, at least presence in, you know, six to seven countries, physical presence in six to seven countries. That's where I see it. Okay. And then what about like, if you dream a bit, you know, your investors, they're looking for, you know, big growth. What do you tell them? Like, where are you going to be in 10 years? IPO. IPO. So that, that, that's the goal. Yes. Okay. Great. Fantastic. In 10 years or less than 10 years or time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Fantastic. Okay, so in terms of your, your founding story, you started in 2017, correct? So you've been doing this for yeah, well over six years. Can you share what's going well? And then let's say, what do you wish could have gone better? So what's going well? Well, my team is still intact. The first, first three, four hires that I had, they're still with me. And what could have been better again on the team? You know, could have probably expanded the team a lot more, a lot bigger and uh, you know, hired see a huge, huge, huge amount of talent out there. 
so i think i we could have done well on on having more talent in the company i think in today's day and age no startup has enough talent and all the talent that they need so it's like funny it's not about the money you know it's really about talent you know because people is what build the company you know so i think one of the key lessons is you know initially when i started the company i had too much of focus on fundraising and customer development and that's strange because uh, i could have balanced it out much better with you know also the team aspect yeah. you know hiring the right people maintaining a very good working culture and so that's the not saying that not hiring good people or not maintaining working good working culture but but really doing it early on well is what i think could have gone better yeah okay so in terms of talent i mean you have this mix of hardware and software from our conversation it seems like the future is skewing towards more software is that true well it's like you know even all hardware needs software for people to use it yes yes so that's how things are and basically you know we will need you know more and more skill set across both domains i should not say that hardware is less important than software because without hardware there would be no software you know in the especially for the device product but yes i do have to say this that digital is much more faster in the market and people feel that you know the, the digital portfolio of products things could take off much more faster in the market uh you know and scale much more faster so yeah i could say that we will definitely see a larger and larger team of software so software team growing a lot more faster products growing a lot more faster customers growing a lot more faster in the market compared to the hardware team and hardware customers basically yeah it makes sense makes sense are you able to find the talent you need you said you always need more talent always need more talent yes in singapore can you hire who you need or it's really a struggle and no. then same with your overseas locations i think singapore uh, and overseas you know the hiring is more trickier in developed countries i would say you know hiring and maintaining people is more expensive as you probably understand that you know and that the terms on which you hire you know these are more sort of onerous in in developed countries and so yeah that takes quite a bit of effort on the company's part to first of all find and then secondly onboard and thirdly maintain good talent and yeah that's pretty much where where i i think we could do a lot better and we are still learning and improving yeah okay good my next question is about lessons from your founding journey you shared a little bit about the talent and cultivating the team anything else you, that that you would tell let's say potential co-founders who are finding themselves you know contemplating going into the technical startup journey either hardware or software based so i would say that you know regardless of what kind of company you are looking at building you should be married to solving the problem because everything will change you know your co-founder will probably not around your team members will come and go your investors may give up on you one day you know and you may need to find new investors your customers may do the same you know but if you are really you know one thing that you need you should get married to before even you start your company is your problem you know what is it that you're trying to solve if you're going after a problem or what is it that you're trying to build if you're if you just want to build something and not really solve any problem you know but something like maybe a consumer device that's just for fun you know yeah you should be married to that and you should believe in it and you should have conviction in it so so as to stick around uh, until you know you have reach or fulfill your mission because it's all about that 
you know it's all about getting to completion or culmination of what you had set out to do when you thought about a particular problem or a particular you know area to work on you know and build a business yeah okay great thanks that, that that's a fantastic answer before we wrap up anything else you want to specifically mention or plug about connexus yeah i mean uh, well company uh, is taking off well but i really want to thank you for inviting me today and uh, you know giving me a chance to share about my story and my journey and i hope that this is going to benefit you know whoever is going to listen and it's going to be fun to listen and yeah if there is anything i could do for you know any of the listeners who are listening to this please reach out at info@kinexus.com and uh, yeah we we have a very interesting portfolio of digital msk solution musculoskeletal health solution also some corporate wellness stuff that we are doing that is really gaining good traction in the market so happy to chat and happy to you know discuss further Okay, great. Well, thanks. Thanks for your time today, Abhishek. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again, Ruben, for inviting me. And it's great doing this with you. And with that, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help to grow the show by sharing with a friend or colleague. Please also hit like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to look out for future episodes as we explore the intersection of science, technology, and business in Singapore together.